0: Welcome back to NC Realtors Redefine, the NC Realtors podcast. On this episode, Matt Allen, Director of Professional Development at Land of the Sky Association of Realtors, shares a conversation he recently had with NC Realtor and Asheville City Council member, Sandra Kilgore. And I chat with NC Realtor, Katie Lynham of Raleigh to talk about the challenges of starting a new career in real estate. But first, do you have feedback on a story or topic that you'd like to hear covered on this podcast? Then give NC Realtors Redefined a call at 336-550-4437. When leaving your voicemail, be sure to tell us your name and where you're from. Your comments may be used on a future episode of NC Realtors Redefined.
1: My name is Matt Allen, Director of Professional Development at Land Sky Association of Realtors and I'm here with Sandra Kilgore, City Council member and fellow Realtor member. Um, and today Sandra and I will be discussing, among other things, her feature in the most recent edition of Realtor Magazine, as well as her time on City Council thus far and related issues. So on that topic, Sandra, thank you again. Um, this is your first foray into politics. And I'm wondering what has been the most rewarding aspect thus far and what's been the most challenging. Okay.
2: okay. Well, first of all, Matt, I'd like to thank you uh, so very much for inviting me uh, for this interview. It's, uh, it's a very exciting time for me, and I greatly appreciate all the support that I'm getting in the community, as well as from the Board of Realtors. And uh, and this is really, you know, great for me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, first of all, um, yes, it is my <laughs> my first foray into politics, and, uh, and I must say that um, it's, so far it's been very rewarding. I really enjoy um, the fact that I'm actually meeting so many people who are dedicated uh, to doing good things in the community so we all can have a better life, and, uh, and that to me is exciting everyone has been very supportive and working together. And, and that means a lot to me. Uh, of course, the most challenging part is being new to it all. Then I feel like I'm starting from, you know, <laughs> ground one. It's like, uh, it, the, the there's so many nuances to, to the political arena. And uh, so that's all coming to me, you know, uh, just, it's hitting me right and left. You know, I'm constantly in training classes and just learning from the experience. And I think that's the most challenging part. Okay. But I can say that every day it gets easier and easier. So I'm looking forward to um, actually being a part of a larger uh, uh, movement to make Asheville the best that we can, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Asheville will be a place that we can all call home. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Wonderful. Okay. <laughs> so, what's been the most
1: re- re- rewarding? Um,
2: a rewarding is the idea that I feel like I can be um, a positive impact in the community mm-hmm. in bringing about the change, especially in this particular environment that we find ourselves in today. You know, there's so much uh, divide and, you know, and things of that nature. And I truly believe that, you know, sometimes people are put in places at a certain time, um, and I believe that, that this is my time to actually give back and help people and sort of help us come together as a community. Because, you know, by this being my hometown, born and raised here, and I had the opportunity to uh, travel the world as a a flight uh, attended with the airlines, and I learned a lot. And I wanted to sort of come back home and sort of, you know, be able to share what I learned with my community. And that, to me, is, you know, the most rewarding part that I'm looking forward to. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you.
1: Um, I'd like to pivot a little bit and talk about your recent feature in Realtor Magazine. It was wonderful. A couple of different points in there I'd like to ask you about. Uh, So first, in there you related about witnessing urban renewal as a young girl in the 1960s, and it was just such a striking, sobering account. Um, What do you believe can be done to help undo some of the harm caused by urban renewal and similar practices?
2: Well, of course, you know, uh, with urban renewal, it sort of uh, sort of disrupted the home ownership that the uh, Black community had amassed uh, at that particular time. Uh, and uh, like I said, when I was gro- <laughs> growing up in the community, and I remember it coming through, I was about 10 years old, and uh, they were taking all, you know, the neighbors' homes and my friends' homes and things like that. And I remember um, wanting, waiting for them to take hours because mm-hmm. I felt that a lot of the of people that I grew up with were moving to what you call the housing, but it was new housing. So for me, you know, that was exciting. Mm-hmm. And I kept asking my father, when are they going to take hours? When are they going to take hours? And he was like, I hope they don't. I hope they don't. But I didn't get it at that time, mm-hmm. you know, um, but it did stop short, right? Uh, before hours. So mm-hmm. we did not lose hours to urban renewal. Um, however, um, the... The way we could actually probably work to sort of amend or you know, repair the damage is finding ways to increase home ownership here in Asheville and of course that's a very difficult task with the price uh, uh, the, 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 the increase in prices here has made it almost difficult for anyone to own a home you know uh, basically especially people that live in the area who's dependent on the the income or the economy here, because unfortunately, we do not have an economy that actually pays that type, you know, pays the higher incomes that could support some of the prices that we find ourselves in now. Mm -hmm. So that's gonna be difficult. Uh, Right now, council is working on all kinds of programs to sort of uh, put in programs that could sort of help, assist with that. And I truly believe that we're on the path to making some changes with that. Wonderful.
1: (laughs) Well, and and, and this is, I guess, somewhat related, so I hope this doesn't feel like a, a repetitive question, but Evanston, Illinois, in that same article, talks yes. about uh, how it's become the first city to actually come up with a reparations plan. Yes. Um, obviously, that's been discussed here in Asheville. Just curious, what do you, first, what do you envision that looking like, and then what are the latest developments that have been uh, that are being discussed by council?
2: Well, the thing is, it's Evingston, Illinois. Um, of course, our situation is a little different from Evanston. Um They have a built-in um, income uh, vehicle that could provide the uh, income to actually, you know, get the reparations program up. They are basically the tax on the marijuana cells, yeah. which, you know, that's sort of a, uh, you know, <laughs> it's sort of, I'd say it's sort of what you call uh, poetic justice, Mm -hmm. because so many Blacks that went to um, were incarcerated because of, you know, of selling marijuana whatever, sales Mm -hmm. or whatever, that in itself did a lot of damage to the uh, Black community. So it's sort of, like I said, poetic justice, that you'd use taxes from that to help Mm -hmm. people sort of repair the, you know, the wrongs that have been done in the community. I noticed that Evanston, Illinois, basically has had a program where they're giving like different homeowners that if you fit uh, a qualify, uh, 25,000 toward home uh, ownership. Um, and I, I'm not sure exactly how effective that would be here in Asheville, uh, noting that the cost of a house, 25,000, pretty much is not gonna <laughs> help you get to where you need to go. So I, I think that um, some of the programs that city council is working on now, in fact, what we've actually done is we, uh, I don't know if people are familiar with the Deaverview area, and it's a housing project uh, here in Asheville and in the West area. And what has happened is um, the city of Asheville already owned about 20 acres. I think uh, Deaverview is probably around 20. And then we had the opportunity last month to purchase an additional almost 20. And those numbers are going to be a little shifted, but pretty much it comes up to about 60 acres of of land that's in the West Asheville area. Mm -hmm. And that we actually are planning on uh, building uh, a purpose-driven community. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have a prototype of that in um, Charlotte, basically. And what it does, it focuses on low income uh, housing Mm -hmm. and a low income and moderate income community. Mm -hmm. So that way we can control the cost of whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think that is sort of putting us on track And I think that in itself, um, I'm excited about that project because I actually believe that it could sort of get us on the path Mm. to where we want to go.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's great. One more story that I, I hope you'll indulge me from your article in Realtor Magazine that I thought was so interesting. So you mentioned flight attendant, you travel the world, you've made some money, you come back and you want to purchase a home and you mentioned that a lender basically yes. discriminated against you, and I'm just—I'm just hoping you'd be able to or be willing to expound on that story a little bit more.
2: Well, basically, what happened here, I didn't really. What had happened was I had started just gotten on with the airlines, and um, and it was in the early '80s, mm-hmm. and uh, I gotten on the airlines in '76, and my younger sister told me about a home in Nashville that came available that she loved, mm-hmm. so I flew home and looked at it, and I liked it. I was like. Okay, I'll just you know call the realtor because I knew nothing about real estate agent, about agency or anything mm-hmm. like that. So I called the realtor that was listed on the sign, and she showed up to show me the home. And 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 not only was it just the, basically I, I I looked at a lot of the things that transpired during that time, and the one thing was, first of all, she didn't want me to buy in that community. It was pretty obvious. She said. Uh, Miss Kilmore, you haven't seen any other homes. You know, you need to look around. And she pulled out the book, the MLS book, and flipped through. And I'm like, No, no, no! I just want this home. <laughs> you know. And I think about today, me being a realtor, and if somebody wants to buy the first home. Hey, I am thrilled. <laughs> yes, yes. Let's get it done, right? And so anyway, after she was not able to discourage me, um, I basically asked her, what did I need to do? She did the contract and I got her the money. However, the next day I received a call from, I guess, the lender in her office who basically said to me, Miss Kilgore, I don't know what your income is or how much money you have saved but I do know to qualify for a home of this size, you need to make at least 40000 mm-hmm. a year and you need to have at least 10000 in the bank. So I knew from that <laughs> mm-hmm. at first uh, um, you know, encounter, he was not gonna be the person that could help me get into this home. Um, I, what I So what I did, I actually reached out and called another uh, local bank here and made the appointment. And I told her I was flying in and she was real excited about meeting me. But however, when I uh, went to the bank and I walked in and she looked at me and she said, oh, you missed Mrs. Kilborn?" and I said, yes. And she said, oh, Mrs. Kilborn, we won't be able to help you at this time. And she never even asked me for financial information, employment information, she just pretty much saw my face. And I guess when I said I'm flying in, she never suspected I could be a black person <laughs> flying in to buy a house. But uh. So anyway, she um, basically just said she couldn't help me. So at that time I realized, okay, this is gonna be challenging. So got the phone book and just calling calling numbers until someone was able to uh, work with me. Mm -hmm. And and it really worked out well. And as far as the real estate agent, she didn't really tell me about uh, inspections. I never really remember seeing her after we did the contract to be perfectly honest. Mm -hmm. That's how, you know, (laughs) yeah. So I pretty much sort of, you know, figured out, made it through with the lender's help. Uh, But the main thing was we were able to buy the home in the all white neighborhood. uh, And we've been there over 35 years. So Uh
1: (laughs) So did that start your career in real estate? Uh, That experience?
2: Yes, that exactly right. Because after that happened to me, I didn't didn't really know what had happened, but I knew it didn't feel right. So um, what I did was right after that, I went to real estate school here in Asheville. Even though I was living in Washington, D.C., I would fly down and take the courses because I just wanted to know how I was mistreated. Mm-hmm. And once I really got learned a lot, I found out that I was mistreated. And I decided that in getting my license, I'd be able to help others you know, uh, get through the process because mm-hmm. I didn't want others to go through what I did. And that's what prompted me to get my license. And I've, like I said, I've been in real estate now over 30 years uh, and I've really enjoyed it and helping people. And that's awesome.
1: Well, I can't thank you enough for your time here, Sandra. I just have one final question. What role can real estate brokers play in helping to undo the harm that has been caused by discriminatory housing practices?
2: The one thing I can say is this, I've noticed that, um, a lot of realtors are not really familiar with a lot of the programs that are available to help uh, low-income or moderate-income people get get into homes, and I would like uh, to make sure that um, that they have the opportunity to learn about the down payment assistance mm-hmm. programs. You know about the tax program that North Carolina, you know, uh, basically, you know, uh. uh, uh Programs that North Carolina have, and things like that, because more of those programs that they're familiar with, and they can actually help people mm-hmm. that may not are on the cusp of qualifying for that home, mm-hmm. uh, just but by, by knowing the knowledge of knowing the other resources that can help them get in a home. A lot of people can become home ownerships. I mean, homeowners mm-hmm. that may wouldn't have had the opportunity to do so. So I think that in itself would greatly help. Um, Oh, and everyone, in fact, you know, it doesn't really matter what color, anyone in any lower income bracket, mm-hmm. that would help tremendously. Great.
1: Thank you. Well, I appreciate your time so much, Sandra, and that will do it for us.
2: Okay. Thank you so very much, Pat. Appreciate it.
0: I'm your host, Leah Ross, the content marketing coordinator here at NC Realtors. Um, Today, I have Katie Lynham with me, with Keller Williams-Riley. Hi, Katie, welcome to the show. Hey, Leah, thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here. Hi, so we're just gonna jump down into it. We featured you in our article, New Kids on the Block in our February issue of 2021. We just wanted to expound on that and learn a little bit more about you outside of the article. So my first question for you is, um, how long have you been a Realtor? Where are you from, and how did you get into real estate? Yeah, absolutely. So
3: I am with KW Raleigh, Keller Williams Raleigh. I joined in September of 2019, so just over about a year and a half now. And I really had no idea what I wanted to do. I had no idea I was getting into real estate. Um, How that happened is really I had a couple of things happen. One was a friend who had retired from real estate, saw potential in me. She was like, Katie, I think you'd be great in real estate why don't you look into it? So I signed up for classes, thought, hey, let me see if I like this,
0: see where it goes. And I loved it. At any point when you were preparing, like getting your license and everything, did you have second guesses or were you pretty confident throughout the whole process?
3: So it was kind of a series of things, right? So I signed up for the classes was the first thing. And it was kind of really just playing it step by step. Just the next step, I was like, well, So far, so good is really how I was rolling with it. Um, So I signed up for the classes and I really enjoyed the classes. So by that point, I was like, let me take the test and see what happens. I passed the test. So from there, it was really a matter of signing up for the state national exams. Um, that That was a big thing. And I passed both of those the first time, which was exciting. So after that, You know, it was really like, hey, this is for me. After that, I just um, decided to find a firm. And after interviewing a couple places, I landed with Keller Williams. And from there, I was a single agent for a little while, a few months and later joined a team. So I am on a team now.
0: And so you really grew pretty quickly in your career and then COVID-19 happened. So can you talk a little bit about how that affected your business?
3: Yes, so when I first started, I started out as a single agent, right? I really, at that point had no idea how teams worked. I wasn't interested in a team at that point. I thought, I want to do the single agent thing. That's the real deal in my mind. So that's where I was. Um it was it was pretty tough because going straight from real estate school, there's a lot of things you don't know. I mean, you know contracts, you know, the legal stuff for the most part and from that point it's really people interactions and connections and getting people who actually need to buy or sell a house Um, and that can be tough especially if you're just jumping into it that can be really tough so I was struggling for a little bit I was excited though I was really excited I jumped in immediately signed up for a class that was geared to Push you, get you out of your comfort zone, talking to a lot of people, that sort of thing. The idea is talking to more people. You'll find people who need to buy and sell. So I signed up for that. I pushed hard. I was talking to a lot of people. Um, I know when I talked to you for the article, I was talking to people. I even went to the mall. I mean, I went to the mall and was talking to shop owners and shoppers, just talking to people. So all that time, I was get, making a lot of connections. I was finding people who would need to buy something or sell something several months or a couple of years down the road. But as a new agent, that doesn't do a whole lot right off the bat. So at that point, um, I was starting to get a little bit discouraged. So everything was um, looking super long term. At that point, I had a team talking to me And they were like, hey, we see you in the office all the time. You know, you're on the phones, you're making it happen. Um, Have you ever thought about joining a team? And that's kind of when we started the process of looking at the team model. And after that, I did decide to join the team, which has been fantastic. That was right around the time, like March. So COVID really hit at that point um after that that threw things for a loop I was not in the office for a while so I was doing everything on zoom zoom meetings with the team zoom meetings with clients um, everything just like that so at that point uh, that's how I got my first buyer client under contract and after that that was probably so that was June in 2020 so June of last year that was my first, after that it kind of started snowballing.
0: Yeah, so, so yeah, I, I that was gonna be my next question, kind of when did the momentum pick up? Because I mean, I've been seeing on social media, you've been doing some good things. So when did the momentum kind of pick up? And can you talk a little bit about the CAP award that you recently received?
3: Thank you, yeah. So I was working really hard at that point. Once I got that first win, for me, it was really a mindset thing of getting that first win. It is for a lot of people. So I got that first under contract, that closing in June. After that, I was like, this is real. I can do this. Let's go. So um, like, I know what I'm doing. I know how to do it. People, I was excited. And after that, really, I got several under contract in the next couple months. Uh, it was every couple of weeks. I got something under contract which was fantastic. So I was riding high, um, definitely made a huge difference for me. And so it's it's up and down, right? So if you're not prospecting, you have to be consistent with it. So all of that success came because I was really consistent on the front end, really hammering it, talking to people, seeing how I could help. And what happened was I kind of got caught up in servicing those And so after those closed, it was a little bit lower for a little bit. So I was still making things happen, but it was a little bit slower. And then I picked it back up, had to figure out that rhythm, right? A lot of new agents have to do. Um, Since then, though, I have just recently, so the capper, you were talking about that. Um, With Keller Williams, when you join a firm, every firm has their splits, um, with Keller Williams, the way it works is you split a certain amount to the firm um, from every deal until you hit a certain capping level. Once you hit that capping level, then you get 100 percent of your commissions. So the first year, I did not hit that level at all. It was definitely a big goal of mine. Um, this year, I hit that really fast um, within I think two three months. So I was I was stoked. I was ecstatic. So. This will go until October and once October hits, it'll reset from now till then I'm making hundred percent of my commissions.
0: Oh, wow. That's amazing. Congratulations on that. Thank you. So if you were talking to a new realtor now getting into the industry, what would be your advice to them? Yeah. So
3: it's several things really. Um, one of the things is just realized you don't have to know everything from the get-go. That's something I personally kind of felt like I needed to. Um, I want to know everything. I like to be good at what I do. But when you jump into a new industry, nobody knows everything right off the bat. So it's okay to be new, especially if you surround yourself with people in the Realtors Association, just everywhere you have resources, So, just jump into it knowing that. The other thing that really I have realized the last several months is we don't create real estate needs. We're here to service needs people already have. So, when you jump into real estate, it's not necessarily we're here trying to make a deal happen. Um, It's really we're we're here to help people make decisions, right? People at the end of the day, it can be super intimidating because um, it's an honor to be part of people's biggest financial decision in their whole lives. It's huge. Um, that can be kind of intimidating too, by the same token. But if you step back and think about it, these are people too, and they need info, they need advice. We're here to help them make decisions. So if you can just find out what they need, it's about them. If you can find out what they need and how to make it happen the deals will follow the paychecks will follow. Um, and you know, real estate is really a team sport basically. So if you're teaming up with your clients, your team, if you have one, you win by helping other people win.
0: Be sure to catch up on every episode of NC Realtors Redefined by subscribing to our podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or SoundCloud.